You are now listening to the Heroes for Sale podcast. Whether you are a new collector or a seasoned pro, on a daily basis, I cover topics to help you grow your hobby knowledge and strategies to make you money in the market. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. My name is Adam. I am your host. So before we get into today's episode, I want to thank everybody for listening. As many of you saw that I posted on Instagram and on Twitter, we are the number one sports card podcast on Spotify. And that's because of all the listeners. Uh, Spotify is a little bit different than iTunes, where Spotify is essentially just people listening to the podcast. Like iTunes, there's like reviews and there's subscriptions, which... That's kind of the other point that I want to talk about, but I want to thank everybody that listens to the podcast every single day. We've had some insane days of listenership over the past month and a half or so, and I, like I said, I want to thank everybody for listening, and if you're listening on iTunes right now, and if you want to do me a favor, and go to the podcast page and then scroll down to the bottom, and if you want to leave me a review, that would be phenomenal. Um, I am, I mean, I'm trying to get, grow the rankings or get higher in the rankings on iTunes, and that's going to help me, so... That's kind of what I want to talk about before we get into the podcast, but now let's get into the topic that I want to talk about today. And it's there isn't really a specific moment where this has happened, but I want to share some feelings that I've had recently about sports cards. And it's been like almost I don't know, it's weird because it's like it's an anxiety sometimes when things are moving so quickly. Um and it's maybe it's not really anxiety, but it's it's more of a feeling of not being able to like keep up with everything. Like the first time that I really felt this was Lamar Jackson. Somebody posted that the Lamar Jacksons were twelve hundred dollars, and this was like a, during the middle of the summer, like in July at some point. That was crazy, and I don't, I, I forget. I think it was Sports Collector. I think that's who posted. It. I don't I don't remember off the top of my head. I just remember an S and a C in their logo, and I. I don't know if they have any numbers or if it's S Sports Stock Collector, but they posted about the Lamar Jackson card being $1,200. And I was like, that, I don't even know how I missed that. Like, that's insane. And I think what you're, what you're going to see going forward, and you know, they're, they're, I'm not 100% sure what's going, like how the uh, Slab Stocks marketplace or how the Slab Stocks platform is going to work, if it's going to be similar to Card Ladder or if it's going to be similar to the Market Mover Tool. Or I think um, Card Genie is somebody that I follow on TikTok that has an app that's very similar to all of these. So I think that is going to be a good tool for people who are newer in the hobby, who are just trying to learn the market. Because I don't necessarily think that... I don't necessarily think that going out and buying the cards that are on these top lists are going to be the way to go. Um... I think it's, the, the tools are definitely going to be good for people who want to learn how what cards are trending, and I think it, it, it might even be a good tool to use if you if you see hypothetically, like I think the last couple of days I saw some Mbappes on there. It may be even a fact where if you see that Mbappe on there, you should go see what other soccer cards may be on the rise or other soccer cards that you like. And because there, there, there'll be times where you'll see kind of random, not like even vintage, but like 80s and early 90s cards on these lists, like the card ladder. And, you know, I haven't, honestly, I haven't used the sports card investors platform, but I'm imagining it's very similar. Like he uses it in a lot of his videos where he shows kind of the progression of the cards. And I, obviously that's a, I mean, I think all these tools, like I think the thing is, I think 
that I was talking to Mike, one of my friend, one of my friends who let me just make sure I've got his name if I pronounce it correctly. I know uh, Mike uh, Salton or S- Salt Schultz at NYC. He commented on my most recent post about starting a card account. So if you're looking for his profile, he's been doing a ton of collecting and he's been messaging me about it. And I was talking to him about like I th- and this was something that I had mentioned probably in July at some point where I was talking about like how I thought casinos could eventually have like cards within their within their um within their casinos like you could do like box breaks or you could like open they could have packs that you could buy um and I think the card um card talk podcast they like Tyler Tyler and Lou and Ryan's podcast uh, they were I know they put out an interesting graphic recently about like blackjack and like he, they, they it was cool they actually photoshopped like a card table with people playing cards but with sports cards and I think that kind of got me thinking to like could a casino could like a, like the MGM or could like one of these large casinos buy I think that's kind of what I think that's what you could see I think one of these casinos is going to buy a platform like Starstock or like ComC or MySlabs or they're gonna buy one of these platforms I think this is how it'll work and they're going to somehow integrate that into like a card system where you can go like and, and I think if you if they are gonna integrate some sort of uh, box breaking at casinos it's going to be higher end products. It's not going to be like series one. It's not going to, cause, cause I think what they'll do is then they'll just do like a buyback. Like you'll immediately, like they'll buy the card, um, for maybe, I don't know. It'll, it'll be like 20% of eBay listing or something like that. Some, somehow they're going to do that where they can then make a profit from the card. If they're going, if they choose to sell it or however they end up wanting to do it. But like, if they were to buy one of these big companies with like a ton of inventory, like a ton of they have the platform, they've got the inventory, if they were to buy out one of these companies, they could in theory like I don't and I don't know exactly how they would do it, but they could they would be able to buy back the cards that were pulled from these breaks or whatever and put them right onto their platform to sell or somehow like give you like an instant credit if they were to somehow you know and I don't don't exactly know how you would do it but like it feels like cards are going to be integrated somehow in casinos because it's like like box opening is basically just like 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 they talked about on the the card talk uh podcast it's just like gambling and I mean you've heard Gary V talked about this I've talked about in the past Opening boxes, you're just basically gambling that, like, you think if you're going to open this $500 box that you could pull a $500 card, but you could also pull, like, a $25 card depending on what comes out. Or you could pull, you could pull like, a $50,000 card. Granted, I don't know, you know, what boxes that, that would come in. Like, obviously, like, NT. I was just making up some numbers there. But NT is, like, National Treasures. That's, like, a four or $5,000 box. You could, like, that's the type of product where you could open that and you could pull the one-of-one one Zion and make $600,000, $500,000, or you could pull, like, I don't know, some random person's, like, base card out of the pack, and it's, like, yeah, it's crazy. Now, with actually, with NT, there's multiple cards, but you, you, I, I think you understand kind of the point that I'm trying to make here about the, about it in general. And 
So I think like these platforms are going to be great for people who are trying to follow the market but aren't necessarily that are they're trying to follow the market, they're trying to learn about the market, but I don't necessarily think that these trending lists are going to be good for people who are trying to buy cards and make a lot of money because I think we've seen over the course of the past 6 to 9 months you pretty much could have bought any card and made money, essentially. Like, you could have bought any card of a player that's good. Like, if you were risking it and you bought, like, I don't know, if you bought, like, some random player, like, uh, I don't know. If you bought, like, a John Wall card, I'm sure John Wall's cards haven't really gone up. Or, like, maybe Bradley Beals probably has, but he opted out. But if you bought, like, if you bought, like, a Damian Lillard six months ago, nine months ago, you, you've made out, like, crazy. And... I think with this craziness in the market, it's felt a little bit overwhelming because every single day it's like there's new cards reaching new levels of heights and it's hard to keep track. So like I, I think I wanted to put that energy into the world and let people know that that's, that's not you feeling – that's not you failing at doing research. That's The market is absolutely insane right now, and I would I would go ahead and say that you feel the same way that like almost everybody feels like when or, or or if you're selling like I'm having I'm having a lot of trouble right now actually uh getting over the fact that I sold a lot of cards when I did now I've talked about this on the podcast like uh you know the cards and the money that I put into the cards is like is so much significantly higher than what I paid, or what the car, the money that I put in and the money that I got out from the card is so significantly higher that it's not like, you know, sure. I, there was a time where I bought an Mbappe card for 40 and I sold it for 250 and now those are like 3K cards. So, like, that feels bad. And I am trying my best to move on from the fact that I sold, that I sold these cards way too early. And I just think that. When you're going into when you're going into sports cards, I don't think it's always going to be this hot. Like I think in the future, and I and I don't know if it makes me nervous for new people coming in or if it's like they're going to learn the lesson and it's going to be good for them. But like anybody coming in who came in in February, March, April, and basically if you came in at any point and you bought a card, it's a set. It has basically gone up in value. So. But I don't think the and, and it's gone up exponentially in value. Like it's gone up crazy amounts. And I don't think it's always going to be like this. I think realistically what I think it is, I think it is I think it's people catching on to cards. And I think this is the first initial wave of new people coming in. And I've talked about last summer being like the gold rush and the first the first miners that went out to California in ni- in the 1800s, 1850 or whenever that was, those are the people that bought cars last summer. Now there's still people who are going that there's still people after that first wave that came in and found gold, but there's also people who came in and maybe, you know, they, I, I'm making up an analogy here. I don't know if this is how it happened, but they sold their house on the East coast. They, they left their family they did all this stuff, and they went out, and they still found gold, but, like, the gold that they got what <laughs> essentially wasn't worth what they gave up. Now, granted, this is—I think that's a very extreme analogy here, but I'm just trying to paint the picture for where I think—what I think is going to happen eventually. Eventually, there's 
and maybe this is the cynic in me. Maybe this is because I I thought I've been I've been thinking this for since last like since last summer. Like maybe in like January, February, I was like, okay, so things are kind of starting to slow down a little bit. Like I think they're going to continue to kind of slow down. Maybe. But they haven't at all. So it could be the cynic in me. It could just be me trying to give you fair warning, someone that's listening to the podcast, saying, like, you should be okay with whatever you – if you're profiting significant amounts on cards, you should just be okay with what you made. Like, I think I got lucky, but I think I also put a lot of work in to know, to buy the Mbappe cards. Like, granted, I was a – I was a umpire for a adult softball league, and that was the extra money that I was using towards sports cards last summer. So it's not like I have a full time job, and like the full time job essentially was paying for every all of my all of my other bills and everything. But then this extra job that I had was the one that was paying for the sports cards that now I'm selling for these exponential amounts than when I paid for them. So. I think realistically, I think there's it's not always going to be like this. I would say we're probably going to see this crazy growth for another maybe year, maybe another two years. You know, I don't know. And I, like I said, I think there's a time period where that's it's not going to be crazy like this. I don't know when that's going to be. I can't predict it. I I predicted Luca cards were going to go down at the when the Zion cards came out, and now they're two thousand dollars. So I was I couldn't have been more wrong about those cards. So take like look at that and take that with a grain of salt. Um, I also I think the market is moving so fast that you should try and focus your energy essentially. And this is kind of going back to the original point of feeling anxiety about the fact that like feeling anxiety about the fact that you can't keep up with the market and you feel like stuff in the market's passing you by. I think if you focus on a player or a sport. Or if you focus on like a few players in your like inventory of cards that you have, that's probably going to be your best bet when it comes to not feeling so anxious about what is going on in the overall market. Because I think the overall market, and this is sort of, I've come out with podcasts, I've come out with videos, I've come out with all this stuff about my one of my top tips is to start small. One of my top tips for starting is to start small and to and that's from a money perspective and that's from a learning perspective. Don't try and jump into the market and learn about the market as a whole because it's just going to be too hard. There's too many players, there's too many different products, there's too many different varieties of cards. There's too many there's too much of everything within the market and then if you start if you just try and take everything in you're going to then feel probably the anxiety when you take everything in and it's fun and you're learning everything and maybe you're spending like for me I'm spending a lot of my time doing research but like for someone who is new you know they could be spending 4 5 6 hours a day which is like something that I do but they could be spending but for me it's more of like looking for content too so I'm not like doing individual player individual card research but someone who is could be spending 4 5 6 hours a day doing this type of research and then eventually what can happen what has happened probably for most people is that they slow down their research they stop doing as much and that's kind of when I felt the anxiety of – that's when I felt the anxiety. That's when I felt like when I when I was doing like three to four hours worth of research on eBay about cards and specific players and specific products and specific sports, 
I was doing two to three to four hours a day, and now I'm doing a little bit less, but I'm also because I'm doing more content stuff. But that's kind of what has happened with the anxiety of feeling like the market is passing me by a little bit in some points. It's because I'm not spending as much time doing the research and seeing the growth. And it also just could be the anxiety of the fact that, like, I sold cards for way too cheap and way too cheap in the sense that, like, the, the cards are so much more. They've a, a lot of cards have doubled in the past, like soccer, more, more or less, it's Mbappe, but Luca as well. I mean, I sold at the time I was, I, I was preparing for the worst when the pandemic was in the middle of everything and I sold my Lucas I sold each of them for $600 a piece so I sold two I sold both of them at the same time for 1200 bucks they're they're two grand for one card now so it's an anxiety from a fact that it feels like if I could have waited but at the same time I felt okay at the time because I was being responsible with the money that I was I felt resp- um, with the money that I put into the card. Now, because I, I also looked at it and I said, well, I've really only put $130 into these Luca cards. So now spending the, or, or getting back 1200 bucks from a $150 and uh, 130 whatever, how much you spent. I think it was 130 on the cards. Like I felt okay with it at the time. Now it's giving me a little bit of an anxiety because I'm like, wow, I wish I could have waited. But at the same time, like, you know, what can you do? There's nothing you can do. So that's where I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I just wanted to put that energy out there and tell people that like, it's okay that like you sold cards too early. It's okay that you feel like the market is going crazy because it is and everything is. And I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to explain to, it's hard to explain that it's okay to feel this way because I think we're in the, we're in a wave in this industry where everything is going to feel overwhelming. And if you sell now, you're probably selling at like uh you're selling on the on the upward curve, but you're not selling at the top. You're and that's the other thing. You're you realistically you're probably never going to buy for the cheapest and sell for the highest. Like, you know, that's what your goal is, but that's probably not what's gonna happen, which is I mean, sort of why I have been focusing a little bit less on basketball and maybe a little bit more on baseball and tried trying to figure out what the products themselves are because for me, for me, kind of the, the, the main, uh, what am I trying to say here? So the budget of when I've been buying cards hasn't necessarily changed just because I've sold cards. So like the the budget of the 30 to 40 to 50 maybe 60 70 dollars for these cards hasn't changed uh even though i've sold a lot of cards for profit and you know i could probably my budget on a card could probably go up but i'm still looking in that range so that's kind of another thing that i'm thinking about is like you can still even if you're selling for profit that that doesn't mean you're your threshold for when you're buying has to go up as well. Like if you are risk, if you're not as risk adverse, like, or, or, I mean, it could be even that I'm trying to take more risk. Cause like, for example, I bought the Boba Shet call up card because I think that's an undervalued card because it's his last, it's basically, it's, 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 it's his first, but then his last pre rookie card that I think has value. Like, I think people are going to look back at a certain sector of the sports card baseball market. And they're going to say, they like this card, and I think they're going to like this card 
because it's their debut card in the majors, but it doesn't have the rookie card logo, and it's a print-on-demand, which we've seen from the Topps Living Set cards. And actually, I think, you know, actually, I'm going to save some more thoughts on that because I think I want to do more of a, a more larger podcast talking about that card. Um, so that's that's pretty much all I've got for this episode. So I want to thank everybody for listening. If you're listening on iTunes and you want to leave a review, if you want to subscribe, that would be phenomenal. Thank you so much. Um, if you are listening on Spotify, thank you as well. Thank you for getting us to number one. Um, go follow me on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Reddit. Um, the Action Network is like a betting thing. Uh, so thank you, everybody, for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.